0: Where are you, Josh Norbedo? <laughs> Where in the world is Josh Norbedo right now?
1: Yeah, check it out. The, um, the, the mobile studio. No, I, I just dropped off our two dogs. I got, it kind of sprung on me. Or I kind of forgot that our dogs were getting broomed. And this place is like world-renowned. So it's, it's worth the drive, but it's like 45 minutes away from our house. And I knew that by the time I get here, I ain't going to be able to make it back in time for my studio So I just, I was like, I'll bring the sign and I'll figure it out on the phone. I did some tests yesterday to make sure like you can still control stuff and you can. Um, And so we're doing it. We're doing it. And and this is
0: me next week when I'm in a hotel room. Do I have to bring my sign? Do I have to bring a sign? I love that you brought the sign though
2: in the car. It's all (laughs) the the details. Let's welcome
0: our guest. Nick K is here. What's up, Nick K?
2: Hello, friends. It's good to be back. How are we?
0: Where in the world are you?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where am I? I'm in my apartment uh, in Melbourne. So I feel like I'm the only one that's kind of staying put right now. Um, hooray You're for me. You to be
0: moving and shaking. You should go groom a dog or something.
2: Well, very I, loud. you know, with, I don't even have hair, so I barely need to groom myself. It's a very low maintenance existence. You know, I don't even mow lawns because I live in an apartment. So life is good. Like that whole notion of having to take care of like hair and brush and, and hair drying and so forth. I'm like, nah, I have two eyebrows. Okay. Look, that i take care of and that's about it with
0: you, with you. <laughs> yeah, much less nice. a dog that deserves an internationally famous groomer like i need that problem in my life oh, yeah, i yeah, 45 like, dogs haircut just,
1: just give me a few more <sighs> years i'll be there
2: yeah i mean here's I mean, the
0: thing you'll understand the luxury of not having to spend the time with these yeah. issues of hair <laughs> hey overrated. Doug, i might have to li-
1: Doug, I'm, I might have to leave you on uh, comment duty because I, on my phone. So for those watching, I'm using my phone right now.
0: And well, in that case, trick, when the I teacher's can, I, away, the kids will play. Let's go crazy in the comments, kids. Let it fly. Yeah, I can see the comments, but for me to put them everyone. on the screen. Look at all the friends. My, my, Bob's here yeah. and Jason. Jason? Yeah. What? Jason's here, uh. <laughs> but not really. There's one of my favorite Nick- people I've never met. Jimmy, hey nice. Jimmy, Scotty, David, hello everyone. Look, I'm on comment duty. Dun, dun, da, Thomas is here, and Scotty P. I think I got them all. all I right.
1: love it. Hey Nick, your mic is a little hot. It's so funny. We made it lower, and now, it's yeah, so we hot checked again. that right. It, it must be the enthusiasm, I think. Now that we're live, you're like, all right, <laughs> what me?
2: Uh, okay, no, I'm hot. If I yeah. if I, all
1: right. yeah, we'll figure it out. But, oh, that, yeah, much better. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna start yelling again shortly.
1: That's funny. Like, how long? Hey, what about this? the intro? We are we
0: doing that? I planned a bit.
1: <laughs> oh, a yeah, 1%. guys.
0: Why? is it You know so what? Long? Let's do an intro. They're guys, they do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Oh my gosh, I have to do the manual sound effects today. No, we have to, look, here's the thing, I'd plan that as though it would be our normal intro and the timing would be right, everyone's doing a magic guy thing, suddenly everyone's eyeballing me, I'm under scrutiny, it's, you know, whatever.
1: Well look, when, when this is being played, like if anyone's listening to this on Spotify, they wouldn't have seen the trick, but they will hear the intro music like keep playing out, you know, like what you would usually hear. So in the edit, it all seem one. normal. All right, what have we got?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're making it's bad costuming choices, but look, it kind of works. It's not really shooting it, you the bird. It's an illusion on, of think, the bird. You there we go. I mean? Not really the bird. Uh, uh, no, it's not that. else? Not where this.
1: else do you? Where else do you put that?
0: Who put me on? Who put me on preview? Get me off here. Hey, thank you. Hey, I, f- I figured it out on the mobile device. This is crazy. We are going. We oh, quit crazy. talking for a while.
1: All right. Yeah. So Nick, we we yeah we Nick and I got to hang out um, uh, last week. I came to Melbourne. I got to do a show there. It's always cool when you get to travel for the thing you love doing. And uh, and Nick, this gracious man here, uh, cooked me a home dinner meal it was dope. I got to finish my show and then not have to look for, you know, the Uber Eats that's still available
2: at 11 o'clock at night. So cheers to you, man. My pleasure, man. Like, thanks for coming out. I mean, it's always such a difficulty, like when you travel, because most times you fly in and then fly out and it's become such a bother when you're just trying to keep it together and like not miss your flight or get your rest in and everything else. So thank you for making the time. Yeah, it was sick, and uh, and and I'm sure some of you
1: guys would have seen the videos we we made and posted from our little hangouts. Um, I think you saw one, Doug. Right? You saw the uh, the mobile phone and card transportation. Doug just playing with his fingers. Good. That what do you got there, Tim? Doug?
0: What's up, Tim? I got I got you, man. <laughs> and That's this the is the
1: engagement. Home. This is the engagement that we know and love.
0: Look, I have podcast. a certain appreciation yeah. for Tim asking. What's up, Tim? Thank you very much. By the way, I'll, I'll go back to not talking, but I had to represent Tim's comment. I'm on comment duty. Yeah.
1: Well, that, that's what we appreciate. I mean, you can still talk as well. Feel free to talk and in, involve yourself in the podcast as well, Doug. How it's would encouraged. you feel
0: if I did that via mime? Like if I just interacted but only use mime techniques, which I have trained in.
2: I think it would be a big hit with our listeners. Yes.
1: I think we might get more more <laughs> conversations in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's always interesting when you have like three people in the equation because you don't want to be talking over each other. I got friends that we jam with every Monday and so many of them are guilty of just talking over you, which I'm kind of used to because, mm. you know, I have, a, I have a Greek background. So it just makes me feel like I'm celebrating Easter at, with my parents and my sisters and my nieces and my ne- we're just constantly talking over each other. And I'm just the type of guy that if someone speaks, I'm just like, ah, just shut up.
0: So I have a yes. mantra before the podcast, not to do that every time. And then I fail every time. So I try, <laughs> know that I try guys, know that I try. That's, that's what's well, important. I, think, I, think I it,
2: feel like. See, we almost did it. Well, but, we almost did it again. Was it <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, erroneous <laughs> of all that, erroneous of <laughs> talking over each other. I think what's more important about this podcast is the content we talk about. So the question I put to you fellas is what are we going to talk about today?
1: Yeah. I was thinking of that yeah, last Let's talk night. about where's and... Jason. Where's J- he's in the comments. That's where yeah, he's at. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know where he is. He's always on a cruise somewhere. If he's not here, let's, he's how about, let's
0: talk about mime and magic. Is there room for this mime and magic? I,
2: I think the correlation between mime and magic is they they nearly walk hand in hand, and that's because when you practice something as primitive as vanishing a coin, and I that's my favorite discipline in magic, coin magic. When you, uh, when you do something as primitive as a as a French drop, you take it many a times before you practice. You're miming. miming. You're miming it. Exactly. Mm. And it's and it's funny as because I've, I'm so guilty of like laying in bed and just like playing with a coin that doesn't, it's not even there. And I'll be putting it into gosh, mid pinch, into this pinch, into JW grip, into like, mm. you know, thumb clip. Like I'll just be transferring like in my mind over and over again. I think it's so important to practice that you have something, especially when it's not there. Because the, the one thing that I teach in my lecture is it's really easy to vanish nothing, but if you can convince something that you've got something, you got something in your hand, and then you squeeze and it's gone, like it is just the cleanest yeah, experience they I, can I, have I, as far as magic goes.
0: I was spending time with a student right before the podcast, uh, Phoenix. If you're listening, what's up, brother? But we were talking about the vanish of an object and what I wanted to focus on was not as much as the placement as though what happens after the placement, how you, how you hold the ball that's not there and why the hand is not Mm. flat, but bulbous because there's a ball in it. And yeah, these are the little touches that can elevate uh, the, the simple slight into a believable moment.
2: Right. Mm. One of the things I was playing with this. Yeah. I was, I was exploring the, um, uh, the strike vanish yesterday as I was just sort of tinkering. And it's not something that I do a lot, but one of the things that I, I've i come up with a method in which you can do it, but then show both your hands empty, which is a really fun moment. And mm. one of the cool things that I was doing as well is that I was breaking it up into, into several different moves. And one of the things that I had done was vanish it. Um, it wasn't in the hand at all, but I was hitting the pen and creating an audible convincer. So as, it was in, so as I'm tapping away with my, my okay. Sharpie marker at the time, like it's going exactly like that. Yeah. And so I was playing nice. with that and a couple of other ideas. Yeah, exactly right, Doug. And so I was playing with a couple of ideas of, of that nature. And it's like the audible notion is very interesting because one of the things that always makes me uh, second guess things is when people say things to the effect of like, oh, that gimmick is too loud. And it's like, if the gimmick is too loud, how quiet's your audience? my audience gets rowdy or gets wild, you know? So it's, Mm. I mean, depending on on the trick, obviously, but like people like Doug, who work in um, noisy environments on street and which is the same realm that I came from when I first started doing magic um, where we are about getting reactions from our audience. It's a very interesting thing. So I guess that identify what the problem is or the weakness and then find out how to combat it. But yeah, miming versus audible convinces, I think they're, that's one of the things you can do to convince that like something isn't there, an audible convincer. So like I've been trying to do a routine where you have a coin in a glass and you can't see it, but you can hear it swirling around the glass. You can hear it going whoosh, whoosh, around the glass. and then when you tip it out, it appears. Mm-hmm. And then I love the idea of taking that same coin and putting it back in and you hear it land in the glass. but when you look inside the glass, there is nothing there.
0: I, I, I'm gonna. I'm curious if Josh has ever played with these uh, sound techniques to integrate as a method. You do the beatboxing and all the sound effects. Have you ever considered like learning how to make a coin sound and use that in a trick as the method? That's a great. Yeah, that's a great
1: idea. I definitely should. I mean, I could definitely use beatboxing to cover sounds. That's yeah. for damn sure. But as um, the method itself. Not yet. I mean, you can make like a water sound maybe, but I'll, you know what, I'll Mm. work on that. But, but, um, you know, if you ever need to
0: make the sound of hollow wood,
1: (laughs) that's right. That's right. (laughs) We know how to, we know where to go, but yeah, with miming, there's a, there's a funny thing I do in my, uh, coin magic in, like in my working set. And I, I, I do this one where you, you, uh, you take the coin, you throw it. And then the David stone, you know, you see it appear in this hand. like you throw it, you catch it. So but good. i i i purposely do this i go like i take it and i go look you can actually see it look like yeah. it goes and then you throw it and then it appears and even though only magicians would recognize the this pretend
0: morit grip or whatever <laughs> that thing is yeah but i'm doing it for
1: a regular audience and which is what I, they all
0: think anyway that's what they, they all think, think when you do this anyway oh he's hi- he hides it good Yeah, they're like, oh, I can't, yeah, I'm going to really
1: try to see it. And then when you finally do that, they're like, what the hell? And then it's too late. And then it's over here. Um, So that's one miming I do. And then the other thing I was going to say was, I actually used to do a mime and magic show, as in I had a mime artist that I would do a show with. And this is like back maybe, I want to say like seven years ago or something. And there's some great photos of it. And I had video and things like that. And basically he he on
0: stage together or was it two separate entities? Sometimes. Yeah.
1: So there were definitely, it was definitely a woven act. And so originally I just wanted an opener to my show. I wanted something of a different act to do something first. And I, so I met this guy, uh, Peter Wilson and, um, he came on and so he did this opening act and it was beautiful because once he'd done the act, um, to, to, to turn the lights off to start the show, he would walk up to where the bulbs were, and as if there was an invisible string, he'd go like this, and then that light would turn off, then he'd walk over again, and that light would turn off. You know, That's I would awesome. had my brother at the back of the room, you know, switching the lights off. Um, but essentially, the show, in a nutshell, was like, he had invisible props, and then they would become visible by the time I got them. You know, it, that was kind of the byplay that we had. Um, It was fun. Yeah, it was it was good fun. Mime and magic. There's there's definitely video out there in the in the stratosphere of of that stuff. But it was a fun time.
0: What's the close? Yo, on that yeah. show? I'm assuming that's pre backflip. What are you doing back then to close that that shindig?
1: Oh yeah, metamorphosis. That's a great you get metamorphosis on them. We had talked about it. It'd be funny yeah, if I ended up in the mime the mime outfit and he ended up in the corporate suit but
0: uh-huh. we
1: never like <clears throat> we never worked on the act enough to develop it to there i can't even remember what the closing was now i, I have to watch it again it's pretty but sad it was,
0: i don't even remember what the closing was of my show <clears throat> that's a pretty yeah. sad. but like you why can imagine like, uh... <laughs> and magic don't coexist as much as although there are some great right. ones what about tina lanert vito lupo there's some great ones currently yeah. some of the comedy guys yeah. uh i, suppose, I mean some... we've got
2: penn and teller obviously the classic yeah yeah Look, any, anyone's ever seen my my version of the invisible deck um in which i produce it at a card at my fingertips and i go through the whole rigmarole with my audience and i ask them to reach in there and take out a single playing card so it's so collectively like they'll choose, they choose a color a suit and a value and then I say, someone take that out. And I ask them to fold it in half and fold it in half again. And I take it back. And then I just wave my fingers and you see it appear. So we go through this whole pseudo miming technique, which is kind of fun because in some ways, you know, like you can have a lot of fun by play with it where I might turn to someone and say like, oh, can you see the faces of the playing cards? And they go, yes. And I'll take their drink away from like this as a as a gag. But every now and again, like, you know, if you go to a child, they go, yes. And I generally say, like, don't you love the imagination that a kid has and their parents smile in that moment. So there's a lot of ways that you can do that. But ultimately what you're doing is asking them to engage their imagination for just a moment. And then when you mm. make that imagination a reality, it really, really hits hard. And it is that type of thing that when you, the difference between like a magic show and a theater show is that you, you don't, you don't allow for the imagination to fill the gaps. When you go and see somebody fly like Peter Pan and you can see the wires, like, you know, carrying that said you know peter pan around flying around the stage you can see it but it doesn't matter because it's the you you let your imagination for like fill the storyline but you couldn't do that in a magic show because they would say there is wires Mm. so that's the type of thing that you know that that's the sort of thing that works against us in a sense. Let's and talk about this
0: card that. trick you just <laughs> talked about. That sounds like a beautiful thing. Is this something you've published or uh, like? You I, got to Yeah, you were, got to see. What, yeah, you I, you to what see comes to mind as you say this is Darren Brown does a, a named card and cigarette. I think is what comes to mind. Wondering what your launching point or what that is. Your do- speak about it, please.
2: Okay, so if we're exploring my invisible deck, effectively, there was a penguin lecture from Mark Mason, and Ooh, he released products. we love products. Mark Mason, right? We love Mark Mason. And so when he was talking about how people release products, they come to him and they'll say, oh, Mark, I got a card trick. And the first thing he says is, is it better than invisible deck?
0: I think we've had answer this is conversation. No,
2: yeah. And if the answer he is no, he's like, it, yeah, yeah. If the answer is no. He just says, I'm not interested. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, a friend of mine, my, my good friend, Matt Casey because classics are classics for a reason. Um, and I and I, I, I care what he says, like his words carry weight with me. And so I, th- I started to explore that. And so when it came to like coins across, everyone should have a coins across. I do my coins across. Everyone should have an invisible palm routine. I have my version. And I, I love my versions. I think that like everything that I dislike about other people's versions, I look at it, studied it and pulled it apart, put it back together. So when I started exploring the invisible deck, for me, it didn't make sense to, I don't know. Like, I just thought to myself, if you could truly do an invisible deck, what would you do? And it's like, I would ask him to pick a card, take it, and I'd make it appear.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and good I was like, answer hey. for sure.
2: I yeah. bet that just so, kills, right? Does it just kill? It, it absolutely slaughters, slaughters. And it's, it's one of my most proudest creations. But the effort that you need to go to in order to be able to achieve it is pretty pretty gnarly. And I share it in my lecture. I share it wide open. Everyone who's seen it goes, that's great, but no one will make the effort. Do you? In, and I literally hand them. I go, here's how it's done. Go forth children <laughs> and make your own versions. Do you, give card? And,
0: Do you give it away? I'd give it away.
2: Let them keep the card. Yeah. Yeah. They can keep the card. Absolutely. Um, most times mm. they don't, they don't want to, um, yeah. or there's no need for it. If, right. if they ask for it, i let them have it. Like, can I have this? One? Of course. And i let them keep it, you know? Um, Yeah, it's just a playing card.
0: Since I'm on comment duty, before this gets lost in the comment spiral, apparently Danny Goldsmith does an audible coin toss. Danny Goldsmith, the coin god. No surprise, he has work on weirdness. Mm. Anyway, comment duty over. I remember there
1: used to be a cool uh, gimmick that would allow you to make sounds that were pretty wild. Yeah. And
2: it was one of them. Tobias Tobias made that one with the...
0: Look, even a sound recorder. You could buy these little sound players that will play sounds uh, even remotely.
1: Well, I don't know about the Tobias one, but even seeing that movement there gets me excited. But the one I saw years and years ago was an actual audio audio playing thing. And the clip they showed was of a wine glass. And you're going like this, and it's making the ringing sound. And then you bring your finger above, above, away from the glass, and it would still keep making the sound. And I was yeah. like, gee, that's magic!"
2: But ne- never yeah. bought it. But it looked amazing. I thought it, 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 it's such a great gap. That thing was like eleven bucks, and I bought it. And I was when I was doing it, I was like using um, styrofoam cups or whatever people were drinking from beer mm. cans and stuff. And I would, I would and I would like wet, and I would go around the glass, and then and, and what it does in the end, it plays um, "Happy Birthday." So it's oh, actually damn. routine. It's it's actually three phases where you do like a couple. Wow you do one and then you get a couple of more, then you do like this. And then like you can grab someone's glass and fill up another person's glasses. It's if you're you're tuning it. And then you can go happy birthday to you. And it's really slow, but they pick up what what you're doing. And it's a really fun moment, especially because sometimes you do routines and the audience is quiet and you want them to be ready. You want these big reactions. But the thing is, if they're gonna be quiet, go, okay, what can I do to take advantage of this? So if everyone's quiet Mm. and you do that perfect moment, um, there was a routine that was released by uh, Eric Jones called Audio. Um, it's a mm. coins to pocket routine, and it's an absolute ripper routine. Like that yeah, is like, again, I remember that one. Yeah, it's, it's a great routine. Whether you hear this audible clink in your pocket. So if everyone's going to be dead quiet, take advantage of it. Because the last thing you want to do is to try and like, I'm going to do this routine, but you're doing it for a football club with 80 people in a room. It's like, that is not a very appropriate way to be doing it. Like so no i going
0: to hear. My it. buddy uh Sean Dawson Dante uh French Quarter street performer and vaudeville performer extraordinaire does it this way. He puts the cup down on the table and he has three coins over here and his cup is this one. It's a it's a, a Gary Animal Babe cup because we <laughs> bought the same cup. Ooh. He vanishes the coins from his hand. You hear the clink in the cup. And then he dumps them out. (laughs) That's the first one. It's it's, it's literally the coin vanishes over here, and then you hear that. And it's three in a row, one at a time. It's so – Yeah, I love that extra –
1: yeah, I love that extra detail. I also love – similar but different to that, how we had um, Alex the Magician on, the busker. Months back, I'm and so she. i so sad. She, I
0: missed that show. Can we have oh, can we have right. her back, please? Because yeah, I would like we to should. Speak with we Ellen. should.
1: So she does one of the amazing things that she's created is a, a, a bill to lemon. But the moment that bill f- vanishes, the spectator feels their lemon vibrate like a, so they cool. feel a, a a moment thing in the moment. Did that sound that sound a weird? A moment in the moment, <laughs> they feel something in the moment, as in it happened in real time. Yeah, that stuff just, you know, gets me going.
0: Bob Speaking that of easily. which, uh... you should see the method that Sean used, Mr. Uh, Mr. Possible to emulate. And it did exactly emulate this sound. It, it, and it emulated that sound because it did not use electronics. mm. So there's a there's a hurdle for you Mr. Possible. Mm. Bob still probably mm. has a method. He's like a he's like a uh mad genius villain Mr. Bob Possible.
1: All I can all 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 I can think of is that you have like a tin in your shoe with a coin and you just like your foot's just like uh, under the table so, so quickly. That is
0: like, not far far off of the method. It's a little more elegant oh than that. Mm. It's okay, more Tommy Wonder esque than caveman esque, in that you know you think of the the links mm. that Tommy Wonder might go through to make something that beautiful happen. You know, it's a oh. beautiful moment. There's the coin. It's gone. Ding! Mm. Oh, there it is. Do wow! Three yeah. times in a row. Wow. A hey,
1: and Antonio belt. had a question. Can I even? You might have to do
2: this. Antonio. Yeah, the, oh, Antonio, I, I yeah, Antonio asked, is street magic a start for beginners of card magic? And that's an interesting question.
0: I think street is magic saying- is a start for anyone for anything or any art form.
2: Yes. I think, again, yeah. the thing about street magic is that when you, I, I, I mean, I I'm be talking out of turn, but what I, especially here in Melbourne, I think that busking in Australia is far different to anywhere in the world. Um, and that's from everyone I've either dealt with and Doug, I hope you get a chance to experience this for yourself. We'd love to have you come down. Like genuinely, we have lectures lined up for you the moment you decide you want to come. Like, we are so excited for you to have that. Now, fantastic. when you're performing here, it's, it's just, it's so different big. And I don't know if like, maybe if like you with other street performers, you basically come into the fold. And if you stop, if you start getting bad hats, you start affecting other people's bad hats as well. Mm. So I think that's something that, that that probably should be discussed. That if you are going to be someone who does want to start exploring street magic, you need to not obviously worry too much about your routines and so forth. Yes, you will get better at them. You will cut your teeth because you'll get the flight time. But you also need to focus on other things, other things like getting them to stay, getting them to pay, getting them to go away. Those well, are the three sort of things you need you to do. Presuming you intend
0: to make money, but what if you just go out there to perform?
2: Well, yeah. Is, I mean, okay, the question is, that that begets another question is the question that uh, is that being detrimental to the actual street society because you're doing stuff when you should be asking for money, and when your hats are heavy, everyone's hats are heavy.
0: It it, it absolutely it absolutely is detrimental to the street community. Uh, the professionals. Is it? And most professionals will manage that situation. I had a noob out in the French Quarter last weekend. He set up in the wrong spot. And with, at the end of that show, he had two people on him going, what are you doing? Don't do that. You know. And then he went to where he should be, which is out of the way. Mm. So I think it's self-policing that if you're a new guy out there, and we all are at one point new out there, everybody yeah. is at one point a starter. So yeah. you got to start yeah. somewhere.
2: Yeah, so but you Jason- got to do that, sorry did I cut you off, but to, to do that, I think what you should do is, is, this is the best advice you can get, find a street performer, watch their show, pay for the privilege when they've done a good job, explain to them that you you would also like to enter that realm, and ask if you, they would be happy to guide you in, in sharing a pitch, yeah. because that is one of the best, most fun things you can do, when you're sharing a pitch with your bros, going round for round, and half the time you could finish your show, and maintain your audience and they can see another show at the same time and they'll hat twice. All, also, you know, so.
0: also, while you're doing that, maybe you're in a town that doesn't have street performing and you know there's a good spot and you go break that spot open and do your thing and go do that too. Make make your own art in new places where no one's doing it.
2: Those are two really mm-hmm. good ideas. Uh,
0: so I'll, I'll, take,
1: I'll take it back a little bit further to Antonio's question of street magic for beginning card magic like the way that i learnt how to act normal in front of humans while doing card magic was just by going and doing street magic and saying like hey i'm a yeah. i'm a beginner magician same practicing some magic can i show you a few things and <clears throat> Jason Maher and I used to do that all the time. And I mean, we still do. And we make Same. videos. And stuff yeah, When I it. was
0: 15 or 16, I'm going to coffee shops and that uh, interrupting people just to show them magic and such this. Counts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And when you're a beginner, I think, um, you know, you're only approaching five people. Like you're only getting the courage to approach five people. Yeah, out of You're not hour. doing our
0: circle show.
1: Um, and I think if you approach it by saying, Hey, I'm a beginner, um, I'm a, Oh, sorry. I'm a practicing magician. Can I show you some magic that I'm working on? I think that's, I, and yeah, I don't think that's going to be too detrimental to the pros because that people know the difference between, well, you know, an actual showman and this guy who said, can I show you some practicing stuff? Um, but the important thing I did learn from Jason Ma is, um, he's like, whenever there's a busker, just never, you know, have your cards out, while yeah. they're doing their show, never do any, any of that stuff and definitely don't do any performing anywhere near them. So, um, although he would busk, he would literally busk and make money professionally and then he'd pack up his stuff and we go do stuff for free because we're filming it and it's fun and we muck it around, yeah. but he would just stay, we would just stay away from buskers and we'd make it very obvious we're doing something different than, than our, our living. Like, you know, we're working out some stuff or we're making a video or, or whatever. And um, I think if you're beginning doing card magic, then that's probably a less nerve-wracking way to go at the very, very start. And then once you know how to not freak out when you're doing your your
2: DLs or whatever, then you would approach someone in the fold. Antonio is always also asking, like, what are some good card tricks to start off with if he's going to be doing some street? I think that every magician beginning should, should at least start <clears throat> or commit to having an ambitious card routine. Mm. What the the ambitious card the is, Yeah. Yeah. I, I would card. say an ambitious card routine because it's, I mean, uh, basically you're, what you're doing is you're building a toolbox of how to control a card to the top mm. in as many different ways as possible. And then you're routining those techniques. So it's kind of cool that you're learning techniques firstly, and secondly, that you're drilling them. So you have effects that you can actually do into that effect. Um, um the two card monty. How do you reckon? I hate
0: the two card. Monty. If you learn three card monty, you can, uh, you know, get the rubes for some extra cash on the side in between shows. So make that number two, three <laughs> card monty.
1: <laughs> well, the reason I say two card, the reason I say two card monty is because because there's little happening in the actual movements of the routine. It lets you bring maybe bring out your personality a bit doing the trick. Um, for at least for
0: someone well, card, trying card to, to achieve it's a closer for me half the time so card to wallet but, is just uh, yeah. is that a beginner I mean, trick maybe not, maybe
2: not a yeah trick. well here's the thing so the beauty of doing an ambitious card routine is that you realize that it's you there's two things you'll learn you'll learn techniques to control the cards at to the top you will learn how to crescendo your show because it's going to be a multi-phase routine in which it gets cooler and cooler. And then you're going to learn what a decent kicker is. So then you'll get to a point where you have an ambitious card routine where you will go, oh, what's my kicker ending? The card to wallet is a perfect kicker kicker ending. But mm-hmm. you might want to do something else. You do a mercury card fold and put it under someone's watch, like I like to do in my ambitious card routine. But the thing is, I have like six different kicker endings. And you should have many different kicker endings because you should be an opportunist and see an opportunity in which you go, oh. That guy's wearing a watch. I'll put it under there. Or I'm going to pin a card to someone's back, and that's going to be the signed card um, from the ambitious card routine. You know, Or I might tear off a corner, and that corner is going to match you know, another piece that's hidden behind a picture frame. But there's many different yeah. kicker endings. Yeah, yeah. So that's why the ambitious is like the best thing to start off with because you'll learn kickers. You'll yeah. learn things of that nature, and you'll learn structure. And once you understand that, you can apply that to almost everything.
0: And you should learn yeah. to do it in mime as well.
1: <laughs> yes. Especially, especially if you're doing nightclub gigs and no one can hear you, you want to be able to direct. gesture everything.
2: Yeah. You know, I was, t- I was talking to Teller about this when he was in town and, um, you know, me, maybe 10, 10 years ago, I thought to myself, like, if I ever lost my voice, I would not have a career. I would be screwed. But I find mm-hmm. me now, as I'm getting older and older, that I'm just speaking less and less. And, I'd like to run this by yourself, Doug, for someone who's who's um, a little more like been around a little longer in the magic realm. Are you Do calling you me old? That... No, I'm telling you, life experienced. It's different.
0: All right, bring it.
2: Cool. <laughs> so what I was thinking was, oh, okay. Hold that thought. Someone's here. <laughs>
0: All right, look, while this is going on, I've been itching to talk about this from Jason Yokum. He he says, if you toss a coin from palm to palm, it makes a smack noise. And after a few tosses, you can click your tongue as though it landed on the other hand. This what? is probably a method. But listen to this. It reminded me of Arthur Buckley's bounce pass, which no one knows about except old guys like me. So I'm going to talk about this bounce pass for a second. Can you hold how, for, your hand just quickly, out straight, how many. You can make that sound by having the coin bounce off your outstretched hand and into the other hand as it falls down. Can you guys hear that? Yeah. Anyway, I talked about it now. What was the subject we were talking about?
1: Well, that—that's. Oh, that, I was going to say, how many people just tried to click their tongues then? Because <laughs> that's what I started doing. I like, is that what oh, you right, were doing? Yeah, and I was like, oh crap! You can probably—it's going to pick it all up. So
0: you can really get a good—you know—you can get a good sound out of this thing. I'm getting sticky though. I—I don't know today. what the
1: sound is. The sound of that you're trying to let us hear—the coin, or just your hand smacking.
0: No, it's the coin hits the palm and bounces off into the other hand. So it's an auditory convincer Ah. that the coin goes into the hand. Yeah. This is a horrible angle. It needs to be presented this way so that the audience can see the coin hit. Sometimes it's a retention also. Mm. We'll quit talking about it. I know you hate the exposures. Nah. Nah. (laughs) Suddenly, you don't hear You know, if I've learned
1: anything, it's that you just put everything out there and people aren't going to do it anyway. So,
0: look, the galley likes you know. it. David, Ungs. there's my yes, men. Thank you, fellas.
1: Yeah, nice. So, Christmas is coming up soon, and pretty much from now to the end of the year is uh, Christmas uh, corporate events at least here in Australia for, for us corporate guys. And mm-hmm. um, so I titled, I titled that as the video because I, you know, I was trying to desperately think of something. But that's a I, topic I'm we... I'm so happy to see know, that title. Yeah, it's worth talking about because there's a bit of a process to making sure you had that funnel of, of gigs coming in by the end of the year. But what does your end of year look like, Doug? Because you don't have to rely on that. So like, what is... Like, are you accepting...
0: So honestly, in, in December, or? I'm going to have major dental work done. I'm going to probably take most of the month off. How about that? Wow. Uh Eyeballing well, an insane 2023. I want to make sure I'm ready for the <laughs> biggest year of my life. <laughs> and this has to be part of that process. So that's what's happened. I'm giving myself a gift. Uh And yeah, it'll be rough, but that's what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, nice. Okay. <laughs> and Antonio, just to clear up. Yeah, Christmas isn't for two months. But what I mean is every company starts holding these events for their it's staff. It's the
0: biggest from now, time of like, the year for a professional magician. No doubt about it. Yeah, They'll yeah. make or break your year for
2: some guys, right? I make yeah. a third of what I make all year in December. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've always worked the gigs. I've never been a hard sell on yeah. my own self to events, which is where the real money's at. So I'm, I'm doing all the shit gigs from the talent agents. You know, but there's okay. a lot of work in New Orleans for holidays. But mo- let me tell you, I'm ready to not do them and and do other things. <laughs> but yeah, go get them, fellas.
1: Yeah, that must be nice. <laughs> I always, I always plan my any holidays I'm doing is always going to be like January, Feb- January, February, because for me that would be more quiet time. But are yeah, you but-
0: proactively selling companies on your show? Like, a, um. Tell so us how to well, get this work for those. I know there's listeners that want to get it. How do they get it?
1: Yeah. So I'll tell you the Brisbane formula that I've been working with, and I love to hear Nick's as well. But for me, what happens is the longer I've been doing magic professionally, the more people I've done gigs for that could potentially hit me up for their Christmas function. Cause literally like anyone who see me at a gig works for a company that will have a Christmas party. So like, it's just, oh, did yeah. I make enough of an impact for them to think of me then? Or did I give them a business card? So like, so now my Christmas books out, the Christmas season, Antonio, books out much faster just because so many more people have seen me now. But also, you also get an abundant of new inquiries as well, like through Google AdWords or agents or, or um, referrals or whatever. So typically, the way that I plan it to try and be busy is like remind my clients leading up to Christmas, Hey, I'm going to get booked out pretty early. You know, have you thought about your entertainment? So I have a mailing list and I'll email them, um, which I've done, you know, just to remind them, but also they're seeing my stuff on their socials all the time. So like, I would hope that I'm on top of mind by the time it gets to that, that, was a, that period. You, you
0: said an important sentence there that you have a mailing list that you send mm. out to. You. So you on mass, mm. you're selling yourself to clients you've worked for before.
1: Uh, yeah, always ones I've worked for before. Yeah, I've never done the cold call approach of hitting up like law firms and stuff to pitch my, my gigs, although that's a great idea. But
0: I'm Nick, have you done that approach, that approach where you're cold selling a company?
2: I don't particularly cold sell. I think that one of the things I appreciate about being a magician, it's a very niche market and niche Mm. markets don't get by on flooding a market and sort of vanishing the way that they, they keep going is that they maintain continual relationships and continual business. And that's Mm. where when you have folks that hire you every year for the Christmas party or even every second year, possibly um, that's, that's what's important. So I think that when you've been in the game long enough, you do build a client base that you let them know that you exist and keep, make sure that you're at the forefront of their mind, using your socials is a good way to do that. If they do engage in your social, they'll just see that you are being active. You'll always be at the forefront Mm -hmm. of their mind. And then when it comes time to do an event that'll happen, Um, Josh and I were having this conversation when he was here last and we sort of identified that social media is the new mailing list. Yeah,
0: it really is. It's if you're not selling yourself on social media these days, wow, you're doing it wrong. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: it's all it's, I'm, I'm so guilty of that. Totally. Yeah. And like hanging out with Josh, like the, the thing is like you guys saw two pieces of magic, but we created nine <laughs> that day. <laughs> like we just created nonstop. It was great. You know, in yeah. the space of like the five hours we we're hanging out, like we created so much and it was so enjoyable. And I thought to myself, like I create stuff all the time that I'm probably never going to do share it. Put it out there so it's out of my brain yeah. and it's done. It's documented to say the least. I can just move on with my life, you know? Man,
1: your, uh, your ship in a bottle-esque thing was like crazy. And that was only a, seeing a video of it. Nick has this stuff on video that he just has on video for the sake of documenting it for himself. And I'm like, holy crap. This is like, not only is this something you've made up, so it's not like a store-bought trick that everyone's doing from Murphy's or whatever. But like it looks gangster at AF, and um, yeah, Nick's got it. He's got it all in there. He just got to spend a bit more time with you, Doug, to to get the bug to um, you know, put it all out there. Yeah, we may
2: need to chat after this uh, broadcast. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we get, spend we get th- your
0: creative output flowing somewhere else. Hmm.
2: Oh, man. Well, no, it's, it's like, I see, I'm always creating, but it's just that it's whether or not like it's appropriate for me or, you know, it might be better for somebody else. So sometimes I create stuff and I'll give them a call. Like I'll call my friend, Kath Jemison, a great mentalist. And I'll go, come with this routine. It's not really for me, but I think it'd be good for you. Oh, my gift. She's like, This is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, take it. I'm not going to do it. Curious. You
0: know? Do you ever publish your creative
2: endeavors on YouTube? No, I only, uh, show that stuff at lectures mm-hmm. in person. Okay. Yeah. I've got a really unhealthy mindset about that. I've always had this mindset that like, I was just getting really tired of things constantly being stolen from me for a time. Right. Um, and yeah, it happened for a while. And then it, which is not, it sucked, but what I, what it did do it is it forced me into a corner where I evolved to being a a magician and a performer who's inimitable, who, who can't be imitated. And now I do stuff, like I said, like that bit with the, you know with the invisible card and so forth yeah. like it is stuff that like in order to achieve it like the amount of investment you would need to do is like crazy and i challenge people to do it because i want them to elevate magic especially australian magic i think we have a responsibility mm. to to do that so yeah so it's it's that type of thing that like i've spoken to other really great um uh, social media performers as well like xavier spade and a couple of others and he's like people still at any man just put it out there. put it out there then a part of me thinks to myself like here i am with like a thousand followers, I'll put something else, and some douchebag with forty thousand followers will will rip off my routine or rip off my bit and do it for himself because I find it staggering that there's some people out there, these entirely talentless people, but gorgeous. Gorgeous people, mm. very, very attractive mm. people who who lip sync like a movie scene and it gets one million views. And I think to myself, like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> like like, I'm not bitter about it, but it's just, like, I'm trying to understand it. I'm trying to understand what's up. Is it? Is it because, like, beauty is such a great commodity or such a valued asset in society? But maybe is it so valuable because, like, it's a depreciating asset? Because you're going to get old and you're going to get fat and ugly, unless you're a dog, in which case you are gorgeous. Like, I don't, I don't know. But, but you've seen Jason going viral on TikTok, right? So I think that
1: counteracts what you're saying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I consider the cute girls a bookmark for the quality content that people find if they spend any time on the platforms. Like, sure, everyone likes to look at beautiful people, but if you spend time on the platform curating interests, like, in this day, day, you'll find them. I don't know about all the platforms. I think Facebook is, like, stupid reels is just dumb. They have no idea how to pilot that ship whatsoever. But TikTok, yeah. if you're on there for a couple of weeks, if you want to look at dancing girls, I'll give them to you. But if you want to look at, you know, I've got astrophysicists and, you know, yoga teachers and wonderful circus arts and all the things I love, you know, games. And it's all there. Yeah. And some high art think, too. And some good <laughs> lip syncers.
1: Yeah. it's.
0: I think in the long term,
1: like it'll be annoying but in the long term you win you know cuz your your brand will eventually dominate like this
0: is what i, I think always, Nick. like if you it's just i think it's a question of it, whether the uh platform interests you you obviously have hmm, good creative true. if you were to approach it on a consistent basis you would be the guy with 40,000 that you know and that's what would happen from strong performing con- content so uh
2: yeah. I also, I, also, I also think it's just because it's not something that I know. There is no book out there that has really said, here's exactly what you do to this, this, this. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've all read the Gary V. Crush It book and so forth. And, you know, but it's like, how do you utilize it? Like, are you, like, I'll do something. I'd be like, stupid. Why did you post it at this time? You should have posted it at this time. Yeah. Why didn't you use these hashtags? You're supposed to use these hashtags. Yeah. Make sure you tag these, these, these groups. Like, these are the things that, like, other than looking at folks who are doing it and copying or emulating exactly what they do in mm-hmm. order to do, like strive yourself, it's kind of weird mm-hmm. because, like, I don't particularly want to be copying anybody in that process yeah. either. Like, I just want right. to, you know. So the thing. Yeah.
0: nobody knows what they're doing right now with this short form. We're starting to figure it out, but still, even the, there's no. It's the wild west. It's crazy town. You just really? make yeah. it up as you go.
1: You can. The one thing. The, the one thing that's that's. I think the one thing that has made Doug win on YouTube, because what is your subscriber now list? Like 600,000? 599. 599. So, like, if anything, like, obviously, Doug is a great technician, has great video quality, but the main thing is he's consistent. He's posting stuff just every goddamn day. So, like, you can't help but see Doug.
0: These these are my my notes on short-form media, right? I wrote these trick talk notes concerning content for short-form video consumption. This is the material I present often at Magic uh, Lectures now. And this is mainly mm. a souvenir. But right at the beginning, I tried to sum it up. And uh, here's the bare bones. get Get good lighting. Get good lighting. Give your audience a reason to care. And be consistent. That's it. Give them Good a reason lighting. to care. Give your audience a reason to care and then be consistent. And then you'll be an internet superstar.
2: How do you get them to Ooh. care? That's a really, that, that, you know what that is? The exact formula you've, you said is, um, street, street performing like street shows.
0: I had a street performer Ooh. in my house over the weekend and I told him how luxurious it is to have the skill sets we do to, convey ourselves over social media. Uh, um, If Jason's listening, he'll say, yep, it's a hundred percent segue from one to the other street performing. You just use the same. Yeah. Same thing. Build an audience, get them to stay, get them to watch and then get them to pay like, and share baby. You know, (laughs) they pay with their likes and shares. So it's very much that formula.
1: Hmm. I mean, we say all this stuff, but like Nick's still busy as a performer anyway, but it's just that extra creative endeavor you can play I mean, with. It,
0: it, do you want to like go go for it? I don't recommend that to anyone, right? I think if you just make good quality content that you enjoy making and you think you would like to see, then people will enjoy it and... There is, I guess, concerned if you're uh, protecting creative uh, property, right? And the magic community is ruthless for taking ideas, especially if you intend to be commercial for yourself with any of these Mm -hmm. endeavors. It's a genuine concern, unfortunately. But uh, I'll tell you what set me free in this last couple of years is realizing that I don't have to please a magic audience. I have to please the world. Not magicians, you know, just human beings. And if you start thinking about that instead of thinking about what magicians think, it, it, it kind of opens a whole different level of at least not being concerned about someone selling your trick because, or, you know, I'm not actively yeah, really- creating as much as I used to. So I don't, I, I, I can't put myself in your shoes right now because my creative endeavors are minute these days. They're not groundbreaking
2: well, I, I really appreciate what you're saying there because it's kind of it got me torn between two sort of factors. And, you know, one is that, like, you know, are you afraid of people taking your material over or else? But when you're someone who, um, like, so one side is that you just, you just keep putting out content. And it doesn't matter what the content is. It could be content that you purchased from Murphy's or any of the great magic suppliers out there, and you just perform that trick you purchased. Right. So you spend $30 and you do a thing and mm-hmm. you've got, you know, you got your 90 second clip because you've spent the $30, right? Right. Now, if that's what you're driven to do because you're trying to build an audience, by all means. But like, if you're someone who's like trying to create magic and you're trying to create your own bits, you're trying to do a thing with a Lego in a bottle, or you're trying to do things with shadows and um, a golf ball bullet catch and all these things that I'm currently working on. Like, if you're not hyper-focusing on that, Are you taking away, like, you know, like there's there's something has to give in my world Yeah. when you work as much as I do, because you need to make time for family or for girlfriends, whatever it might be.
0: Absolutely. As I'm getting back to work more as a professional, going out to do gigs like this fair or even street performer magic lectures, I'm finding so (laughs) less time to produce content, but I'm trying to make the things I do the content Mm. and a word on buying the $30 tricks. I am guilty of this process. But also, I'm guilty of loving that guilt. I love buying a new trick, playing <laughs> with the toy, and sharing it with my audience. So while that mm. is part of my pr- process, a lot of the time, I love it. So I'm I'm doing I'm preaching what I practicing what I preach, doing. What and I, I think love. the
1: and if you were to take that route, I think the creative part of showing who you are is finding a different way to perform that trick. So you find the thing, and then you go, okay. Or what would I do with this thing instead of like the patter it comes with? And I've seen Doug and Jace do that a lot. And I, not as successfully in views, but I do the same thing. I try Mm -hmm. and post videos, but in, you know, a totally different way to maybe what magicians are used to seeing it used as. And um, yeah, like, just like the video we made, man, like that gimmick was, that trigger is so good, but we just made it, you know, we made it, we showed us a bit more. Then just the, the, the trick. I,
0: I think if anything's important for the modern professional, it's finding ways to showcase yourself on social media that aren't even the tricks, just like your mm. life on, you know, and there's some guys doing great stuff with this, some high level level professionals that are finding short form media as mm. a good platform to share what they do without necessarily making it. Here's the Doug Kahn show, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, you just need to get that one guy that will actually follow you around at uh holy moly and you can have all these <laughs> short form clips. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You, and can, you can find all thing. those and you could you could have all those one off moments where you know when you just have that one off thing happen that would that normally never happens at a gig and now you've got that unique thing they said in the video. Yeah. Like that would be a great way to document what you're doing instead of having to create stuff every week.
0: Josh is doing, like, I was enjoying your beatboxing earlier today. You genuinely stopped (laughs) me in my tracks. I listened to the whole thing and enjoyed it. So this is a good example of sharing yourself without making it like the Josh Magic show on Instagram.
1: Mm. Mm. By the way, Doug, you you and Jace are really selling me on the the 360 camera. Jace is apparently putting out a video in the next day or two of his vlogging with it, going to Japan. Awesome.
0: I had a great yeah. time with it this weekend in the French Quarter, and I shot a video today actually. I shot a thing from my office to my kitchen. If there's a problem with it, certainly mm. in house is the audio. It does have an Airbud hookup, which, or AirPod, and I failed to get that thing working today, but certainly on my list is to get that microphone working because it is yeah.
2: a oh, yeah. small down. Which, which, which model do you recommend for a 360 camera, Doug?
0: So I bought the X, the Insta X1 360 X1 II. There's a 3, which is a little better. I'm not the all knower. I just bought what I thought was a reasonably good product that had decent yeah. reviews. So well, I'm Jace, happy
1: bought, with Jace went and got like the newest one. Insta and
0: 360. I think he said,
1: yeah whatever their latest model is is what he went with but um
0: so it shoots in a higher bit rate it's the x3 okay it shoots in a a little it's higher bit rate it's the same resolution they're both 5.7 k i don't think Mm. 360 cams get much higher than that i think it'd be nicer nicer if it was maybe like an 8k because when you get these big wide 360 shots, it's a lot for a camera. And you know, so unless it's uh really ideal conditions, this camera struggles, but outside shooting environments, and I'm certainly looking forward to getting uh audience reaction shots, which is why I bought it to get the reactions to what I'm doing.
2: Oh, so, yeah, of course. Like yeah, you do uh, yourself and, and the
1: audience, right? Right. Like the 10 million viewed coin matrix in busking. Was that using that or was that your... MP? It wasn't. It wasn't. But... Uh, uh, that would there, have been such a testimony.
0: There, I'm thinking of all the shots I've missed because I didn't have a camera on the audience. And that's a mm. telephoto lens on the iPro, iPhone Pro Max is what I'm using. Telephoto okay. lens, which is a great lens for capturing outside street work.
2: Oh damn! I didn't realize. So w- with the camera capturing in three hundred and sixty, I mean, I don't know if it's a silly question or not, but you can capture like left to right as well as up and down, like with that focal point, yep. right? Because yep. I, I I I was fooling around with a routine just yesterday, and I was like, oh, I'll film this, I'll film this, and I'll put it up, and I'll make Josh proud. That's literally what I thought to myself. And then <laughs> I was doing this whole bit, right, with this coin. And uh, one of the jokes is, you know that thing you do where you, you go like that and you put it on your leg and then you get to oh. punch someone? Yep. Like, I do you describe it to the listeners. Like, you know, when you, you make like an okay symbol, like your thumb and your fist finger you get together and you put it on your thigh. And when people look at it, you get to punch them, that type of thing. So that was a gag that I was gonna be doing in, in this routine. And um, I thought to myself, oh crap, I need somebody to now film me, film me so they can pan down mm. to capture this gag and then pan back up again. And then i went i need a 360. if i yeah. had a 360 i could do this myself
1: well i yeah,
0: mean if you're shooting it
1: vertically you should be able to get it as well just saying
0: the possibilities are huge huge for yeah. magic
2: yeah the framing is kind of important but yeah i guess capturing capturing is is the audio uh, here's the thing I, when i was first i first i did vlogs many many years ago um, and then I used it because I wanted it as a means to better script what I do and to speak to camera and to present and so forth. It got me into a lot of MC work and everything else. So when it kind of got me to where I was, um, time wise, I didn't see the value in doing the vlogs anymore. So I stepped away from them and just focused on, cause I got what I wanted out of it. The actual real life work, um, that, you know, that, that paid properly and everything else. So it's the type of thing that I learned in that realm was audio is far more important than visual. And I want to know if you guys think the same things. Mm.
0: Notice (laughs) that I mentioned the audio right away because I do think it is important. That's it. This camera has four microphones. It's not like skimped on the microphone. But when you realize how important audio is, you want it to to get it right. So Mm. ideally, I think you shooting with an external microphone always, always to be top tier. You know? Yeah you can, that's why you we can have watch this great, instead of the you know
1: it, yeah webcam instead mic. of being in a instead of being in a car with your airpods ah, normally hey, you have at the least great you got the sign <laughs>
0: right.
1: well the well, sign you know adds to it for sure
2: there's got to be some downsides of a camera like that is the battery life ordinary like well, what is what is the downside of a 360 camera so
0: so battery for the one i have i think it's it says an hour and a half i shot for, for And I shot like four acts the other day. I must've had that thing on for, you know, nearly two hours and, you know, it survived an afternoon of shooting in Jackson square. Uh, I do plan to get extra batteries. That's two batteries is 30 bucks. I'm buying that for sure. Uh, If Mm. I'm doing a five hour stint on the pitch and I want this thing running all the time, I want it running all the time. And
2: Cool. So they're interchangeable, which is good. So the downtime is pretty good, obviously. Um, and then yeah, I think the only on a, other downside
1: is the low light, right? Like it, it works best.
0: I would say outdoors. so. Yeah. I so. tried to shoot some things in studio. Wasn't super happy with any of it. I am going to put a video on YouTube unless I hate it when I go to edit it, but, uh, probably Wednesday I, I started in here and it's just me holding the 360 cam. I go from my studio to the kitchen and I do my thing. So, uh, I'm zooming around. That's the plan anyway. It'll be the first landscape 360 thing I've done. So take a look Ooh. and you'll see kind of what I'm starting with, you know,
2: this week. Does it does it eliminate the need to have a gimbal or something that stabilizes the camera? Because I have like a full rig that, you know, on a Very much is-
0: so. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's produced by a gimbal company, this this thing. Right. Uh, okay. There's super stabilizing modes on it.
2: Yeah, David, I'm ask an interesting question, like with the audio, does it basically mix all, let's say four, um, the question David asking is, how's the yeah. audio for the 360? Uh, and I know that it has multiple microphones. Is it just put a mix of all four mics?
0: And I wish I could answer this better. Literally, as I was watching the footage I shot earlier, I got the sense that the microphone was changing from one to another on the footage, but I'm unsure if that is exported in that fashion. So oh. stay tuned Wednesday, and it's a sadness here in that when I go in my kitchen, it's like a cave in there. I have a living room kitchen that's like a mammoth cave. So I have I'm I've got echoes, but uh, <clears throat> stay tuned. And if you don't see it, that means it's shite. <laughs> if it doesn't make yeah. it the air Wednesday, <laughs> it's, it's no good, oh. and I need another swing at it. I'm with you.
1: So you before, we wrap, you before, before we wrap up, Doug, so Doug's about to go away and and uh, not a festival. You said it's a carnival? No, a fair, a it's state fair. The
0: Lo- Louisiana State Fair. Most states in the United uh... States have a state fair. It's a few weeks long. We showcase our livestock, do some rodeo, and there's clowns and magicians along with carnival rides for your entertainment pleasure. Nice. And will you be on the podcast next week still? Or yeah, my be... my uh, dark days are Monday and Tuesday. So I think unless the Wi Fi is horrible or I got bad cell service, I'll do what you're doing, but without the sign.
1: <laughs> yeah, we really got to get you one of these these hand drawn signs by Jason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. And then and then uh, and what about you, Nick? What are you up to this week? What's the the schedule
2: like? I saw you went go karting see... just yesterday, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I go karting almost every Monday because um, I really want a Porsche, and I don't have anywhere to put it if I bought one. So I decided that it'd be more cost effective to go racing every Monday as opposed to getting a Porsche that cost me hundred thousand plus dollars that I'll end up losing my license with and having to fork out thousands in insurance and tires. So, um, so I do that every Monday. Nice. I go racing um, to get the to get it out of my system. I'm a big that fan. Sounds of- Sounds I, super I, I do.
0: fun. What a great idea.
2: It's a great time, and it's just, uh, I don't know, man, like, you know, it's a little treat to myself. I spoil myself just by heading out to the track, Um, and then, you know, friends pick up, and I, oh, can I come too? I'm like, yes, come, and then it ends up being a group thing before you know it, and uh, yeah, I was a bit slow last, well, yesterday, uh, by about half a second, but I think I got fat. I don't know, or maybe the tank had a full (laughs) tank or something, but I wasn't.
0: Man, I want to do that. Well, when you're in town,
1: buddy, we'll, we'll take you. Yeah, and before we go, yeah, what what's up this week, or
2: what do you what's what's next for Nick K? I generally am entering the cra- crazy Christmas mode, and I have so many events this week. I am literally like back to back. I have like three gigs Saturday two Sunday two Friday. Ooh, um, that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Like things, I'm literally back to back. You know, ordinarily. You know, even if I do have one or two in, in the day, like I'll come back home, have another shower, and go to the next gig. I don't even have time mm. for that this week. Like I'm literally staying as fresh That's as awesome. I can, but I always bring a change of clothes, like between each. So I've got to be fresh. It's just one of the things I do. Like fresh shirts, fresh everything, fresh undies, socks, like, and then I put everything back on in between shows. Um, but I'm literally oh, yeah. back to back. I'm doing stuff <clears throat> for Fox FM this week as well.
0: Is Halloween a thing? And Saturday.
2: In- do you, do you
0: get Halloween shows there? Is it, I
2: was, yeah, it yeah, tomorrow. that's 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 what I'm. Do, yeah, that's what I'm doing on Friday. So, yeah, yeah that's going to be a
1: fun one. You know, it's so hectic that um, I can attest to that. Even as we're doing this podcast, like just before we got on the podcast, I had a phone call for someone asking for uh, inquiring about an event. And then, just as we've been doing this podcast, I've seen two emails come through, like form submissions through my this is website.
0: Where you up yeah. your rate? You're like it's Halloween weekend, <laughs> y'all. It's double. Uh, yeah. What yeah. are you doing, Josh? You didn't. What, everyone said what they're doing. What are you doing this week? Yeah, this week. Um,
1: so we did the podcast. I'll shoot some content through the week. We just we've had a, a sick horse this week, so he had to go to the vets and come back. And so now I'm gonna, you know, try and get extra gigs to cover that. <laughs> and um yeah my next my next events on the weekend so i'll be doing a nice wedding event and a little corporate thing and just getting ready for the craziness but um always have time for the
0: podcast you know so Yo, the Bob possible going and... to vegas in 2 days
1: hey, the Magic,
0: the gathering oh. event this is a, I, man, I, I saw this thing he built did you see this thing we're over time i don't want to keep no, switch no, topic the black lotus Okay. I hope you get video of this, Bob. This thing is incredible. Is
1: this is this another Pornhub thing or?
0: No, it's a ver- it's a it's a card. <laughs> it's a it's it's a one of the cards from Magic: The Gathering game, the most ah. valuable and highly desirable card. Bob has made this thing into a magic trick, and it's incredible. Oh damn! Well, so he's going to work the to convention. That. He's going to work their thirtieth anniversary uh, convention. Oh, and, ah. uh, we wish Bob possible the best. At least from this room.
1: Yeah. Good luck, Bob. All right. We'll see everyone again uh, next time on The Magic Guys. Wrapping it
0: up. Peace. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.